Good evening, Patriots. How is everybody? Today is Saturday evening, March 12th, in the year 2022. Had a really nice bended knee today. Thank you for all that were joining today. It was really enjoyable. We have a world that just never, never seems to amaze at kind of the level of stupid that just keeps evolving. And at the core of this is truth and the lack of truth, and really the belief or acceptance that somehow this is a normal. And that falls a lot on us as the people, not so much as, I mean, the government is obviously the manipulators of it, as is everybody else in the elite ruling class, but accountability to truth is going to fall on our shoulders and continue demanding of it and not accepting anything less than truth. We're going to get on into all that in just a minute. Before we begin tonight, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. It's the Bars Nation branded coffee. And you head on over there, you'll check out that, a coffee that was designed to boost your immune system, to boost your energy, and to keep you mentally focused all day long. That product, the Expedition Coffee, works along with several other products on the Expedition Coffee site. That's X-P-E-D. They're designed to boost your health and the overall immune system in a whole health ecosystem to keep to retain our body body and health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Also, Immune XP, which is an immune booster with pine cone extract. Earth, which is a full body nutrient supplement in a powder form. Mix it with water, drink it like a shake. And Pure 47, which is one of the most refined pure or silver extracts currently on the market. When you take all these products together, you have the ability to fight off those pathogens, isolate them, and boost your immune system to keep yourself healthy in this bioweapons environment we seem to be immersed in. So check it out, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Well, Patriots, the <laughs> probably one of the most ironic, I'm just kind of sitting here laughing at what I'm about to say, one of the most ironic clips I found today is um, a clip about fake news and truth, which has some really good points, but it's brought to you for two minutes and 17 seconds by none other than O.J. Simpson, Mr. Truth himself. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, I've been watching the news lately, and, uh, you know, you almost get to the point you don't know what to believe. Uh, I saw a story... I guess it was yesterday where this guy in um, the Ukraine is talking to his father who's in Russia and the father didn't believe what was going on in the Ukraine. He was telling him, no, the Russian soldiers are helping the people. They're feeding them. They're clothing them. And the son was trying to convince his father that, hey, that's not what's going on. And my first thought is, hey, fake news, right? But then I saw another story the other day where they were showing these black guys that the soldiers wouldn't let get on a bus that was leaving to going to Poland. And the story was racism in the Ukraine. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I feel sorry for these people, but Jesus, racism? I, I went to bed pissed off. The next day I'm watching and I realize, and they show a story that it was total BS. Uh, those black guys that they showed, uh, that they wouldn't let on the bus were exchange students. And this bus was for Ukrainian Ukrainians and they were not letting uh, exchange students on because they had to go another way. Uh, they even showed them ushering a, a black guy on the bus when the girl said that uh, was her husband. So, I mean, what do you believe? I mean, one thing I've always agreed with the Donald about is there is fake news. It's alive and well. They're talking about they bombed the, uh, the hospital and Putin says they were making biological weapons, but uh, the U.S. says no. It's a place that they were working on vaccines. Well, uh, I'm hoping that's the case because I remember weapons of mass destruction <laughs> in Iraq. How many people died because of that lie? Fake news is alive and well. Fake news is true. I'm just saying. 
Take care. Take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah, we're just saying, if the glove doesn't fit, what can I say? You know, the irony is, what he said is actually, that's why I played it, because if you listen to what he had to say, he's actually dead on. And it's we forget very quickly a lot of the stories, and it's one of the reasons I couldn't have, couldn't resist playing it. O.J. Simpson, the master of manipulation and lies in the courtroom with the glove that didn't fit, now reminds us of Iraq and WMDs with the story that was never true that allowed us to literally gut and slaughter millions of Iraqis. They're playing the same game again with this whole thing with Ukraine. And to kind of watch how things play with the cabal, which I think is important, there's, I think, a lot of sense right now, and I'm hearing in a lot of chatter, you know, it's kind of this, I, I think we've got them on the run. It's very, um, I would not say that's the right way of looking at things right now. I would definitely say humanity is waking up. I would definitely say that people are becoming highly aware of a manipulative elite that are out for themselves to suppress humanity as a whole. But primarily that waking up is causing them to move a little faster, which is probably more appropriate. But it's definitely not winning the day yet. There's a lot of bets on a lot of chatter again about Trump and Xi and Putin all working together to take down the cabal. That's fine. And I hope that the extremists of the cabals that they're taking down are taken down. But ask yourself if any of them would give up all their wealth and power for the benefit of the people. And I think the resounding answer to that would be no, it's not going to happen. I the way I'm seeing this more and more is a more like a pendulum. Better yet, more like a like a pendulum is hitting the sides of a bell. Would be the easiest way, easiest way to say that. And what's happening with humanity is we're we're being swung left to right. And typically, those swings happen over four to eight years of a presidency. So there's a pacing and timing that people absorb and swing with it. But what we have seen since the end of the Obama period is the increasing acceleration of these bings from each side of the bell. And the more this is happening and the more this occurs, people are beginning to look at themselves and see what's going on and look within. And they're starting to awaken to the fact that this isn't right. And they're starting to disengage from the propaganda. So the irony is that it's the cabal's propaganda and acceleration of the propaganda that's causing people to disengage from it. I'm going to read Matthew 6, 22 to 23 here because it has some application. The eye is the lamp of the body so that if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? This has application, I think, right here. And what we're talking about is that as people get lulled to sleep with propaganda, we become filled with darkness and our light ultimately dims. And the more that we get trapped in that matrix of lies, the more that our light stays dimmed and the more the darkness takes hold. As this pinging is happening back and forth, it's shaking people and it's causing fractures in the things that they believe. And it's causing a disruption in the matrix that they have accepted as the truth. And in so doing, they're starting to ask questions. And when those start to happen, something really amazing happens. God starts to put his hand right in there and say, watch this. God works in amazing ways, but also God's very patient. And as we have awakened, there is a, and if we are not engaged in the process of helping others awake and we are taking a position of waiting for others to awake, this is an excruciating time. This is a time when we're literally sitting here going, are you kidding me? Like, can when is this going to speed up? And I, I think that's when we're really losing trace with where God wants us to be. We have an active role in this process of of literally sharing the love of Christ and to bringing people closer to the body of Christ and to 
in my opinion, reclaiming a lot of those fundamental skills that give us sovereignty back. When we combine those two things in a day, we're, we should be totally consumed. When we, gain, when we gain impatience, we tend to lose perspective. And I think we tend to start asking more about the when and start to try to overlay the time frames and the indicators and the clues to when the end is coming. The end is not for us to know, and we don't know what the end of this is anyway. For all we know, this end that we're seeking could take a thousand years. And that's God's timing. So it's, I think it's important that we, as we reflect on ourselves, that we, and we open up with the full light within ourselves, the lamp of the body. We have to be very cognizant of our own impatience as things move forward. Now, to kind of give you an indication of awakening, which I thought this was a good one, this is Dan Bongino and on Fox News talking to somebody about the latest study on the Pfizer uh, mRNA injection. And I bring this up because if you'll remember, to my knowledge, Dan at least took the first injection. He made a big deal about it. Now, I know he got upset when he was forced to take an additional, but he did take one of them. This is an interesting, listen to his voice carefully. He doesn't speak a lot, but the whole topic here seems to be one of these moments of like, kind of like, oh man, uh, this isn't what I thought it was. And this is part of the awakening. So take a listen to this remain in place. Now we're learning more about the possible long-term effects of the Pfizer vaccine. Joining me now is the chief of ethics at the Unity Project, Dr. Aaron Cariotti. Dr. Cariotti, thanks for joining us. It was a study that came out, I believe, about two weeks ago, doctor. Um, I want to emphasize it's in vitro, a lab study, and it was not done inside the body, and it was done on, apparently, what looked to be some uh, cell lines and the study seemed to indicate that it was possible that there was some reverse transcription. In other words, that this Pfizer vaccine may, in fact, change the DNA in these cell lines in the lab. I want to emphasize that. And you could be producing long-term spike proteins. What, what would that mean if later studies, in turn, verify that information? Right. You're exactly right about, about that, Dan. This is a study out of Sweden done in a lab, as you said, on a cell line made of human liver cells. And what it showed is that the RNA from the Pfizer vaccine was, as you said, reverse transcribed. So usually DNA goes to RNA to make protein, but occasionally in rare instances, it can go backwards from RNA to DNA. And that's exactly what happened in this study. So the RNA from the vaccine made some DNA that was in the nucleus of the human liver cells in the lab. And one of the striking things about this study is that we've been told for a year, including by the CDC, that the genetic material from the vaccines does not enter the cell nucleus, the part of the cell that contains your own DNA. And this study strongly suggests that that may not be the case. It only took about six hours after exposure to the Pfizer vaccine for this to occur and for that DNA that was reverse transcribed from the vaccine to appear in the nucleus. Now, you were, you were right to, to be cautious and not overstate the conclusions of this paper. Of course. One thing that we, we didn't see, and we don't know whether it's going to happen or not, is uh, whether that DNA that was reverse transcribed will be integrated into your own chromosome, where your DNA is. If that happens, and again, we need further studies to establish whether or not that might happen, as you said, that could possibly mean things like long-term production of the spike protein. And there's worry that that could cause autoimmune or other inflammatory problems. The spike protein after vaccination was supposed to be expelled from your system fairly quickly after you produce the, the necessary antibodies. But this is one among many yeah. studies that suggests that that might not be the case. <sighs> Dr. Cariotti, uh, thanks a lot for your time. We'll follow that. And yeah, so it's kind of a big gasp of exhale. Look, you know, I know Bongino's been away, been against the um, mandates, but he's not against, he wasn't against the vax until later. And as I've said all along, I have, I really have issues with people in the influencer site that weren't doctors to begin with, 
that just parroted all this nonsense and didn't take time to take a step back and even say that this was an experimental injection. Be cautious. And that includes all these people in these senior positions. So when I hear something like this and this real reality that's starting to hit people like Dan, good. That's what needs to happen. Needs to, the reality needs to smack them upside the head and to literally like start them to realize that they have accountability as well for the people they have influenced all the way through this. And that's the problem that we have in society is we don't really want that in that accountability to occur. I'm just going to take a quick break here real quick. Um, today's March 12th in on the East coast. It's March 13th. That means we're doing a time change today and we're moving our clocks forward in an hour, which means you, you don't get to sleep in time. You thought you got for Sunday. It means you're going to be racing to church in the morning too. But hopefully, hopefully you're sleeping on a my pillow. See, and hopefully you've got your my pillow and your and your Giza sheets, and you're sitting there and you've you've jumped online tonight and you've gone over to mypillow.com and forward slash Bards and you've got like this is my Bards Nation page and you've used your promo code Bards for all sorts of great savings to get everybody a bunch of my pillows for this great day, this daylight savings day, which we all get so excited about. Not me. So check out MyPillow.com. Think about daylight, daylight Savings. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. And just like that, you're going to be happy supporting liberty with a pillow because Mike Lindell's like the most vicious man in the world who's a pillow salesman. <laughs> Who would have ever thunk that one? I'll tell you. Can you imagine the way that history is going to be written? And America was saved by a pillow salesman. It's not going to be muskets. It's going to be pillow fights. I'm just still trying to get over that one. It's unbelievable. But it's true. And he's a hero. It's good. So truth is really at the core of a lot of where we are right now. And it's a, a real challenge in moving truth forward because so many people locked into the principle of fear and made a, a wager of their whole careers on this concept of fear and a injection that just turned out to be absolutely deadly. One little piece as well that was floating around was that Pfizer was somehow delisted on Wall Street. And I don't know if I mentioned that or not, because I, I, I know if I did mention it, I was really careful to say I hadn't confirmed it yet. I did confirm it today. It's not true. That was fake news. Somebody was dropping that out there. There's a lot of that going on. And it's there's a site that is um, exposed General Flynn that's being used by Lynn Wood, and I'm going to tell you right now, stay away from that site. That is complete, 100% fabricated propaganda. Um, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going out there right now, and I'm. It's disgusting to see how much of is happening, and people are, and that's why you know I am pretty careful of staying away from the whole MAGA show, and the QNut salad because there's so much infighting and slinging of garbage. And so I just, I'm going to say it again. I don't know why people can't hear it the first time because I apparently didn't hear it. I said, there is a site on telegram called exposed general Flynn. Stay away from it. It's that simple. Stay away from it. If you are dumb enough to follow it, resign your BDAD status there. There you go. So it is, it's just garbage. And it's, and that's the whole thing right now that is just people trying to stab each other in the back. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. So it has a lot of following, a lot of traffic too. It's ridiculous. So we really need to be headlong into a line with Christ. And I've said this all along with like Lynn Wood in particular, that he may have objections with General Flynn and that's fine, but it definitely isn't Christ-like to be smearing those for the entire world. And I, I know I've heard this counter. It's like, well, he's telling the truth. It's like these things that you're witnessing, these are fights between them and they have no place out here. That's just, that's not mature. And it definitely isn't trying to build bridges. 
It's trying to build division. And that's all it's done. It's just stirred up infighting and bridges, and I just don't have any patience for it. I have open objections when I state them, and I, and I, will, I have one I put up here all the time, which is the EO that was signed on September 19th in 2019 by President Donald J. Trump, which authorized the development of the acceleration of vaccine development in our nation. I want an understanding of why that was done before COVID. I want that explained to me. Because I can't stand with somebody who's done this and then tells everybody that the vaxes are all safe and he would persuade them, et cetera, et cetera. That's garbage. And I have an open objection to that. And that's a piece that every one of us should be asking. But when we get into interpersonal stuff, like I'm talking to somebody and I record somebody on the phone and I'm going to drop it out here for everybody to hear, that's just underhanded garbage. You know, that's just like trying intentionally to smear somebody. So it's, we have to walk that line of truth and that line of truth is going to demand that we put our first and foremost, our eyes are always on Christ and walking that way. And it doesn't mean you don't flip tables and that doesn't mean that and I say that because Christ has this powerful line of love, which I think in this process where I, the, the, the passage I fall back to a lot these days is Romans 12 two. and do not be confronted to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. It's important that we keep that in mind because we're not trying to anchor ourselves to this world. And I'm seeing that a lot. I, I'm in a lot of the people I talk to and and people I connect with. I'm seeing a lot of this trap that's happening, and it's literally what I do call that MAGA trap because it's a center line. There's basically three pathways, and there's probably more. But for simplification of, of kind of describing what I'm getting at, there are three pathways. So there's this Illuminati, which I've talked about, which is kind of this extremist radical elitist movement that wants everybody to conform to themselves at whatever cost and to eradicate humanity and they're good with it. And then there's this center path, which we'll call MAGA, which is, you know, make America great, make Russia great, make China great, whatever you want to call it. And it's very nationalistic and it's fighting the Illuminati. But those two pathways, those two options right now, there's a couple of things that remain the same. None of them have said stop the vax. None of them have said stop fourth generation, fourth industrial revolution. None of them has said stop transhumanism. And none of them have said protect the elderly. Nor have they said not to, have they openly said ban injecting children. It always comes down to a choice. And I have major issues with these two sides because they aren't leading us in a path that's closer to Christ. They're leading us to a path that I think this is the key that we have to get our heads around. The elites have created a world that is unmanageable at this point in time. It is too sophisticated for people themselves to keep pace with the speed of the world that they've created. And that has created a massive problem for efficiencies and maximizing profits. The entire step into the fourth industrial revolution is to create a space where we can now match the pace of the complexity of the world that man created, specifically the directions of the elite. The two, when you look at it like this, I think this all starts to put things into to a proper framework. Nobody in the elites wants this world to go away. The question is, do you want humans, participant, and partners in it, or do you want to simply make it a world for the benefit of the elites? These extremist group, the Illuminati, want it strictly for the benefit of themselves. So artificial intelligence becomes the managing principal agent for humankind on all things. And the principle of like quantum is that human, human brains are directly connected, all of them, to a central AI system. And therefore, they become ex, ex, a part of the system and everything is integrated and 
everything works efficiently at the way the elites want, the Illuminati elites. This other moderate elite, which I've referred to before as American Masons, they're seeing this as a choice where some of us can choose to live a traditional way, others can choose to live a modern way, but what they see is that artificial intelligence becomes a, an, an empowering partner with us. It doesn't dominate us. It joins us in this effect. It becomes part of our lives. It enhances how we do things. We do augmentation with transhumanism in various forms. It's not just the idea that transhumanism is like everybody's going to be com- tr- converted as the Illuminati sense is, that everybody's whole genetics are going to be converted, hence the mRNA concept. In the other moderate, more moderate Masons place, it's this idea that some will be and some won't be, but we'll have partners and there'll be selective augmentation that we'll each want to enhance our abilities. So if I'm a person who is plays piano, I may have a selective augmentation done to a specific part of my brain or something like this, maybe visual acuity that will enhance my ability to play better. If I'm an artist, there might be something that's enhanced in me that allows me to paint more efficiently or see colors more brilliantly. That could be an optical implantation. That's how they see their form of transhumanism. They also see transhumanism in the sense that it becomes a normal thing that we do things to enhance aspects of our DNA, to improve our performance through enhancement in DNA. That's all part of a transhumanist model. And that's your two lines for the elite. Okay, The principal failure in everything about that is that it centers itself on a technology base, a foundation that in itself is binary. So everything in the elitist model of this transhumanist code is all based on a technology that itself is based on a one and a zero. God does not work on a one or a zero. God works in the principle of infinite. So they'll pitch this idea of quantum and quantum quite literally in the in part, a critical part of quantum theory is that all possibilities exist simultaneously. So it means there's an infinite range of possibilities that exist before you simultaneously, and you've heard me talk about that before. But at this very, at the moment that you choose one of those possibilities, that becomes your reality that you live into. That quantum doesn't exist yet. It, it does in some labs, but the idea that that's constantly where we are, it doesn't exist, and they're they're using this idea that we can somehow have these augmentations in our world, like augmentated realities, augmented as enhancement to our worlds. Either way, that when we get here, it's all, it's all binary. It's a one or a zero. God doesn't work in one or zeros. And that's the big shift. So when we start to talk about a breakaway economy and, and what it's going to take in a true exodus, some of this is, is very nascent in this development because we're having to look at the world now through a different set of eyes. We're asking ourselves some very challenging questions as to what does that world look like when we follow God's law? What does that world look like when we follow God's will? And that's a world that does not have limitations. It's a world that has infinite potential, unlimited possibilities. There's not such a thing as scarcity because we've re-engineered everything based on God's principles of seeing and functioning in the world, coming from a world that is completely binary. We're not going to do that overnight. And we're still living in this binary world, right? And that, that's just it, is we're still very much functioning. We're talking right now tonight on a binary type system. It's going to take an incredible evolution of, of consciousness and thinking and innovation for us to move into a world that is driven towards a God-centric world. But if we don't start somewhere, we're never going to achieve it. And if we simply flip it in our minds once in a while, like that would be a good idea, and we're not making traction on the ground, it's just going to become an idea that will fade and get sucked away into the matrix of binary. So I say all this because a lot of, you're seeing a lot of, I'd say, good efforts on things by people. But the problem is that they're missing the principal point that they're not changing the base structure of what they're doing. 
when we talk about developing a new banking system and all the new banking system is, it's like, what's well, going to be a Patriot bank? Well, what does that mean? It's going to be owned by Patriots. Well, okay, but are we changing the way the rules work? Are we still creating money out of nothing? Are we still doing fractional banking? Are we still doing interest on people to, so that they, you're creating money out of nothing again? Or are we fundamentally changing the nature on how we're doing business? Are we creating something like a, a trust network where people can put in their money and there was, let's say, for example, there's a fixed fee on the front of this, which is funding your transaction, but there's no interest. Are we doing anything like that? I, I, we aren't, to my knowledge. I know there's a lot of ideas floating around, but in these, some of these initial efforts to like, well, we need to get Patriot, Patriot banks, or even when you look at True Social, and people say, okay, well, this is the new great thing. Well, True Social isn't the new great thing. It's a remake of a lot of same things that have already been in place. We're not seeing the innovation to take us to the next step. That's the real challenge that we have before us if we're really going to create this breakaway. And it's what I say over and over. It's we have to go back to go forward. We have to get back to some basic skills in order to endure and to have the resiliency to move into this new space. So if you aren't running your own business and you're dependent on somebody else, you have a vulnerability as an example. And it's not that running a small business takes away your vulnerability. Trust me, I can tell you, speak volumes about this one. But it's at least it's in control of you and God because you're working in partnership. If everything we're doing is preyed upon, shaped, driven, and led by God, we're starting to get somewhere on this pathway. That also means that we don't have any fear. That means that everything we do is, is moved by prayer, that we're learning to listen to God again and have him guide us where we want to be. There's so many pieces about this that have to be started, and that's ultimately at the inception of County by County, which was seven principal pillars of where to begin. And we begin in your house, and we don't begin at the, at the state level. We're not beginning at the county commission level. We're beginning in our homes. And we're beginning with ourselves. So we're going through and we're saying, okay, what's the first priority of everything in our life or should be is God at the center of our homes. So between whatever that looks like, that first pillar is home churches. And what's one of the most critical things underneath home church after, after that in our lives, which is the protection and preservation and development of the next generation, which are the children. So that comes to the place of we need to get homeschool going. So if you have children, to make that happen, to get your kids out of the indoctrination camps. If you're in a community, then community members hopefully are coming together to assist. And that's building community. So then we get into what's the next thing? Well, we have to have food. That's critical. So that's, that's Patriot Gardens. We have to get back to raising some of our own food. Right now, everything about our lives that we're de- in the time of scripture is written, it's not even it's not even an issue because people are doing something to in all of these areas. Obviously, Paul's developing home churches as an example. People are working connected to the land. They're they're tied to raising their own food in some way or another. They're doing so many skills that we've long lost because this system has laid out a set of rules and conditionings to have us lose skills and become dependent on a centralized government system or corporate system. How many people do you know that regularly raise most of their food and the answer will be few, no matter where you are. Instead, they become dependent on supply chain issues and, and the Walmarts and the, and the Kroger's of the world to provide what they need for food. And that is dependent on having money, which comes from working for somebody else, which is completely unrelated to your ecosystem of sovereignty. So then since we're getting food going, then you have to have some sort of right work, which is to resetting yourself in a place to having your own business and working with the skills and gifts and talents that God gives you in the many forms. And all of these things ultimately lead to a transition of value. And that's a very big and and expansive discussion. But right now, these fundamental shifts are just to setting the the initial pillars in the ground so that there's a 
a foundation to work from that's resilient. If the supply systems start to fall, you're not going to starve. If your job is, if you lose your job, you're not going to starve because you have something else to fall back on. And all of these are transitional points. The fifth one is health. Health is such a big deal. And there's still parts about this that need to be solved radically and quickly. But we have the principles of health are all here. We've learned this over the last 18 months. Sleep, good diet, supplements, some additional specialized supplements, especially vitamin D. We've learned how important vitamin D is. Other supplements like silver, colloidal silver is a great one. We have basic vitamin nutrient, vitamin boosts, right? And many other things that people have come up with. I've shared with you my own protocols between nebulizing and hyperbaric chamber and dry and IR saunas, which I use every day. Not the nebulizing. I do that like once a week or so or less. But all of these protocols come together to help build up our immune system and help our bodies cleanse and restrengthen. We add to that fasting and prayer, which is very critical in our health and exercise. I mean, those are fundamentally it. And our bodies start to re- rebuild and regenerate and become strong again. And most of our issues are addressed. What we don't have yet is easy access to like a, a, a home nurse that can come by and deal with a cut or check your heart, your heart pulse or dealing with if you have a if you need a surgery or you have a broken bone, those sort of sets. Those are important things. And all of that allows us to reclaim our health sovereignty. The fundamental, about 90% of our health is based on our own taking care of ourselves. You know, and just as a as a footnote, I I'm really had quite an education myself in the last four months, three months. I had a really bad hip injury from Aikido back in 2014. And there was, it said that I probably needed surgery and I was not looking at anything. I, I don't like the needle or the knife near my hip or anybody in my body for that matter. So I endured this for my own stuff and I've had ebbs and flows in this, but I finally found a great physical therapist and I go to him twice a week. And his what I'm learning is how restorative the body is with the proper type of stretching and the proper type of exercises with additional things like ultrasound and, and some localized manipulation of the, of the tissues there. I've gone from being in extreme pain, which really culminated probably after Bart's Fest, to where now I'm having days of complete normalcy and there's no reason ever to think about a surgery. That's the body being allowed to restore itself. And we just don't give it enough time or space. And then we, then we get into that component of, we have the, obviously health and wellness. And then we're going to get into informed action, which is this constant process of us learning what's going on in our community building out our, our networks, and as well of educating ourselves on constantly growing our base skills and talents so that we become increasingly more self-reliant and less dependent on the system. And finally, we get to this place of stewardship and conservation, which we all should be. The greatest irony of the green movement is like it's a cult versus just good living and stewardship in God's world where we all should be good stewards. We should be just simple things like this, like if you have a yard, you shouldn't be using petrochemical garbage on the lawns and everything else. For that matter, a lawn's ridiculous anyway, in my opinion. I know some people like it, but you know, you know, my my position has always been kill a lawn, grow grow a garden. But we should be stewarding God's earth. We should be caring for how we take care of things and our environment, our homes. You know, I had this amazing discussion over the weekend of just places in the rural country and why is it that we come out to these places and there's just cars stacked up and there's junk in the yard and and that's somehow a concept of sovereignty and it's it's not it's a violation of God's stewardship we are not put here to ruin the land and in contrast there was a 
beautiful piece of property. It's hundreds of acres, and there's a extremely well maintained. It just it just looked spectacular, and there's a lot of effort that goes to that, and yet it's very natural versus a lot of these some of these other lots where it's just garbage stuck here and there and chaos. We have a responsibility of stewardship on the land that God has allowed us to steward. It's not our land. It's not our home. It's not our money. It's God's gift to us that we have to steward with each other and everything. And as we start to shift these paradigms, we're creating the moment, the momentum to for a breakaway economy. So it's there when we get people moving in this direction, we start to solve bigger problems. But it's always back to that, what I think I shared on Friday night in the Q&A, which is one of the greatest pieces of advice given to me, which was from General Scott Miller, which is remember you always have to have small victories. You have to have small victories to achieve big success. And those small victories, if we can't get our homes right and our lives right and our lives aligned with God and being good stewards and taking basic responsibility in our lives for our, our health and our food and our children, if we're not doing that, how do we ever expect to change a county, to change a city, to change a state or change a federal? And that's where my big objection comes to all the things we're dealing with right now is it's an illusion and it's you're being told to go vote and we're going to change this and we're going to do this. And it's like, OK, whatever. Here's how I say it. It's like, look, it takes me 24 hours or less to figure out who I'm going to vote for. I don't need to know any more than just like, what's their platform? I can read a few things, boom, make my decision, go the next day. All right, I'll give myself three days if I want to really dig into it. Everything else in between is wasted time. All it is is distractions, and it's not getting me focused on the most important thing I need to be doing, which is listening to God and walking with God and Christ in my life. That's that simple. And when we get to that point where all this other is noise and we shed it aside and we get focused on the principles and, and to use that model of county by county and drilling into that and letting God be part of all of that with us and guide us, man, I'm telling you, when we start to get there, we start to create an engine of change. It's unbelievable. And we're getting to truth. And that's the big one. We start to get down to the currency of truth. And with the currency of truth, we start to become a change agent like nothing the world has ever seen. Because we're not pursuing the next politician. We're not pursuing the next fashion statement. We're not pursuing the next big thing. We're not occupying ourselves with the emotions and throes of, of news and drama. We're following the wisdom of God. And we're abiding by that walk that Christ would want us to, which is truly stewarding our walk on this world and being gracious with all that God has given us. And it's truly my opinion that if this, if we followed a seven-pillar county-by-county model, and we make that focused change in all of our lives. And I don't mean lightly. I mean completely. It's a dedicated effort. And I speak this not as someone who speaks on the side saying it would be nice. This is how I'm living. So I know it can be done. And I know that it's demanding. And I know that it gets more demanding as we go. But if we're going to make the changes that we want in this world and real substantive changes that don't take us back to the two paths of insanity, but rather literally go back to go forward, to reformulate a world. Things are going to slow down. We're going to live a lot more simply. And the technologies and things that we want, we're going to end up reinventing and reinvigorating based on what we truly have and can do and what God leads us to do. We're into a big crisis upcoming. It's going to be big. It's going to be harder, harder and harder to get chips and maintain stuff that came from China. There's going to be certain manufacturing parts of our industries, these high-tech industries that are being gutted or because they're, they're going to be gutted because they're going to lose key components that they can't get from Russia or Ukraine. 
That's in process and by design, in my opinion, because they've used a, an, an, an initiated attack or movement, whatever, by Putin to precipitate a collapse of industry here to force industry to move to China because that's where they will be able to get the stuff. So this is all by design to gut this economy. And I'll talk a lot more about that next week. But the saving grace of all of this is us. It's when we step away from them and their model of crazy insanity and we step into the model of us and we say truly like we want to be living as sovereign people in a sovereign nation. We are going to create and innovate what we need here with what God has given us, not what we're trying to find and export or exploit out of some third world turd hole. But we're going to do this here as God gave us that whole spirit of doing that comes from us taking care of our homes and reestablish sovereignty in our daily lives as an attitude and it's an ideology which we live by. And if we reclaim that strength, there is nothing that can stop us. Nothing. And the beauty of that is that's the walk where we are closest with God, listening to him, following his word, following our Savior as he leads us. That's it. It's that simple. And that's ultimately what I hope we can do because there we truly do do a breakaway economy. We truly have an exodus, and we truly do put God back on the throne of this nation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, these are times that it takes us a moment sometimes to reflect and to gain perspective. And the walk with you is not hard, and yet we make it challenging. We do so because we're divided on so many fronts. We're divided in our, in our attention and we're divided in our resources amongst the obligations to a system just designed by the, the model of Babylon versus the obedience to you, Father, and that walk in grace with our Lord Christ Jesus. So forgive us for these trepidations. And at the same time, Father, we pray for the opening before us that allows us the clarity and where we need to go. We are in a transition, as you well know. And it's a beautiful transition because there's so much happening around us, so much awakening. And I would say most of us are feeling a, a level of excitement with seeing so much change. Yet understanding how we move from certain institutional frameworks and shackles of the institution itself is not always easy. We pray for discernment. We pray for clarity to help guide us in these times, to see our paths, and most importantly, within all of this maze and this craziness, to never forget the principles of being your children on this earth, to love one another, to build that fellowship with one another, to treat and love our neighbor as we would want to be loved, and to be good stewards of what you've given us. Too often in the craziness, we forget all of this, and we retract, and we start to take ownership of things and places and moments and titles because it's the security that we need as the world seems to fall off around us. Forgive us. Forgive us for those very, very human moments. Let us be reminded of who we are, what our birthright is, and truly how perfect we are as beings without the need of the artificial layers put upon us but instead just the perfection of the beings that you've created, each and every one of us, that we are your children. We are of royal blood and that all we need to do now more than ever is to dig into you and trust in you and not walk by sight, but to walk by faith. So thank you, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. There is so much opportunity before us and so much potential 
that we have and this system that we're in is so geared towards suppression. We don't need to be suppressed. We need to be released like a racehorse sitting in its gate ready to go. I see us that way. The biggest challenge I think that we have is that we believe that. When I look at the challenges ahead and I I read of the things that the shortages upcoming, the rising of fuel costs, the potential shortages of critical materials for manufacturing, etc. What I hear when I read that is what great opportunities those are for us to reinvent, to reinvigorate, and to come back stronger. I don't have that knowledge on all those things, but I know that the potential of what we contain within us here in this country that are deciding that this is not the direction we want to go is unlimited. And if we are combining that with that love and strength that Christ gives us and that wisdom that comes through our relationship with Father, there's no stopping what we can do. None. And there's nothing but greatness that rises ahead. And the best greatness always comes from the hardest trials. I think if you've ever climbed a mountain or you've ever run a race, you know very well the importance of the pain because we have to suffer the challenge and the pain to appreciate the glory of the victory. And that's pretty much where we are, at least I think so. Have a very blessed night. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. This is a beautiful time. Keep your prayers up. Keep your prayers up for all that God will give you in the wisdom to guide you and to guide all of us forward with clarity and great discernment. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. We just have such an important point in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to the level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now Sits down over the hill where the lost 
got found Reaching through somehow Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud When the seasons change I know the space between us will stay the same Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away Something to find 